Welcome, welcome, welcome to Clatter Chatter on Things That Matter, the podcast that is intellectually engaging, theologically reflecting, encouraging sociologically, imagining ways in which we can live. Thank you for spending this short amount of time with us. We promise you that you will not regret a moment of it. Shout out to Trevor Smith and V.J. Herbert for commissioning this fantastic music to get our minds going on things eternal, positive, and fulfilling life's purposes. All right, today is April 1st, 2023. Known as April Fool's Day to some who believe in engaging in tomfoolery. Come on, Dr. Hayes. Greet everybody. All right. I don't know what's going on with your sound, but I think she said good morning. I want to start this conversation off with um, March Madness, which we have been in. Uh, and now we're at the final two for the women's NCAA, it will be LSU versus Iowa. And it's interesting because uh, let me just play this clip of South Carolina's uh, coach, uh, Coach Don Staley, an Olympiad who, who, is, who is coaching a predominantly black group of, of gifted uh, college students. But I, I just want to um, play this little clip as a post-game interview of Don Staley. Other coaches, your colleagues have sitting in that spot and talked about you all being bullies. What's the truth about your team? The truth about our team, okay? It's a good question, okay? Um, we're not bar fighters. We're not thugs. We're not monkeys. We're not street fighters. Um, this team exemplifies how you need to approach basketball on the court and off the court. And I do think that, I do think that that's sometimes brought into the game and it, and it, and it hurts. Okay. Um, and I do think that some of, uh, I'm going to say it cause I said I was going to say it whether we lost or whether we won. Some of the people in the media, when you're gathering in public, you're saying things about our team and you're being heard and it's being brought back to me. Okay? And these are the people that write nationally for our for our sport. So you can you cannot like our team. Okay, you cannot like me. Um, but when you say things that you probably should be saying um, in your home, on the phone, or texting, out in public, and you're being heard, and you are a national writer for our sport, it just confirms, just confirms what, what we already know. So watch what you say when you're in public and you're talking about my team in particular. Just watch what you say about our team. 
because it's wrong. You, you got young lives who are really, if you really knew them, if you really knew them, like you really want to know other players that represent this game, you would think differently. So don't judge us by the color of our skin, okay? Judge us by how we approach the game. And you may not like how we play the game, may not like it. That's the way we play. That's the way, we, that's the way I coach. Not changing. We found success in it. And maybe some days, like today, we end up on the losing side of the, the stick. But guess what? We live to see another day. We live to see um, the comeback next year and try to do this again. Because I'm not changing. I'm not changing. But I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. Because um, I do have friends in the media, whether you believe it or not. I do have some friends in the media. So for those of you who were at Whatever, whatever event you were at that was nearby this arena yesterday, um, you were heard, you were overheard talking about our team. Um, it's, it's a painful reality. Um, as I watched the epic basketball game last night between South Carolina and Iowa, and it was clearly how even the commentators would, I even watched part of the LSU uh, uh, game uh, last night as well. That was before this game, and LSU's team won. And so they'll be playing against Iowa uh, on tomorrow for the Women's NCAA uh, Championship. But to, to see even the commentators race baiting, um, it was pretty painful. And, I mean, these are college students um, who are – under the age of 25 and to hear the media broadcasters calling uh, one of the players on Carolina, calling her six, seven as her name, instead of calling her name out, um, black, beautiful woman, call her six, seven, you know, nobody could go up against six, seven. And I'm thinking, why would you say her name? But yet you have no problem saying the name of Caitlin Clark and giving her a pass. And, and, and now um, being intentional watching the uh, Caitlin Clark from Iowa, which is pretty much a predominantly white team and LSU, which is pretty mixed in terms of ethnicity and comparing and contrasting the the level of calls against Caitlin Clark, who is a powerful player. Uh, she's made history. Uh, uh, no player has done what she's done, male or female. And then uh, the technical files that Angel Reese from LSU displaying the same kind of energy and enthusiasm, drawing the technical files. Um, it's, it's painful, Dr. Hayes. And I wanted to start with this. Um, because, um, because I wanted to and how painful that it was to see. And then the post game and having Don Staley, who is, who has won two NCAA championships, 2017. And then last year they were defending champions, um, for this year and they had lost zero games. She is indeed the best college basketball coach. I'm not saying the best woman basketball coach i'm saying don staley hands down is the best 
NCAA coach, period. Uh, and plus, she's an Olympiad. And I mean, those players were playing their tail feathers off. It was an exciting, exciting uh, game, exciting display. But again, to be race baited and to know that even if we put in the gender space, knowing that the commentators would not even say the things that they said about these women athletes, uh, it was just deplorable. Um, but this is where we are in this country, and uh, and it's just I, these are minors, and why would you, as an adult, talk and say even beyond? I mean, there was a coach on another team call these players with the racial epithets, knowing what they were doing. Sad, sad, sad. But here we are. But then the segue into the race baiting between Attorney General Bragg, the district attorney in Manhattan, and hearing our Congress people and even vi- former Vice President and, and Governor DeSantis saying racially um, covert messages about weaponization of of law and that this this man how dare this this black man basically is what they're saying who who he just he just ran on this whole idea that he was going to come after Trump well hell Trump should have never been president and now you're trying to CYA cover your ass because you all allowed for somebody who was bragging about his improprieties to become, number one, a person who's never paid taxes should never be allowed to hold any office. Notwithstanding some of the other interesting and curious things that he did, yet they held and lauded him as their leader I don't know, Dr. Hayes, is this real or is it Memorex? Is this live or is it Memorex? Are we, is is this really happening? And then another devastating tornado sandwiched in between Mississippi and Little Rock, Nashville shooting at a parochial institution. Is this live or is it Memorex? Come on, Dr. Hayes. It is live and it's real and uh, racism is alive and well. And it has been, it has never ceased to be. What is being bandied about is political correctness. Political correctness has been the way um, that we try to bring order uh, to public discourse and using a certain language that is a put down for uh, so-called minorities or those persons who are part of the black and brown communities. And what uh, these people are saying now, I would say, i.e. white supremacists or white people in America is that we're sick and tired of political correctness. Now we're gonna turn this thing on its heels 
And the very same things you've been saying about us, we're going to start saying about you. And that becomes reverse wokeism. They've taken the word woke, and now they're using it uh, as a way to clap back, so to speak, against political correctness. It's, it's all crazy. It's all crazy. And that's because the heart has not changed. The rhetoric or the language may change, but the heart has not changed in America. Oh boy, I I um I just I just don't know. And 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 then there was an argument, Capitol Hill, between two Congress people. One was a former principal, Democrat, black brother. Another one was a Republican, and I don't know what his claim to fame is, but the former principal was saying teachers shouldn't have to go through this. Students shouldn't have to go through what we're What will it take to really finally have gun control issues? And then the, 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 the person said, we just need to arm teachers. Make that make sense. Give teachers artillery. I don't, I don't get it's about it. About guns, Dr. Cooper. It's all about capitalism. That's the bottom line. We want to sell more guns. We haven't had any wars lately, so we got to find some way to make our money. Therefore, we sell uh, assault right, uh, assault style rifles, and and guns that are used for warfare. Now we have proliferated throughout the the uh, the populace so that everybody can have a, a, a weapon of war and they're beating the drums they really want a civil war and the people and they you know when they say follow the money that's what you need to do follow the money they would love to see a war because they could sell some more guns and on the on on the on the uh on the other tip, of course, they can get rid of some of us. But it's not that many of us. We're not really a, the problem. And the perception that somehow uh, white people are going to uh, cease to have power or cease to be in the, in the majority and all of that, that fear has been stoked by people who know how to make money. Nobody was, people were living in their communities, their subdivisions or whatever, and they were fine. <laughs> we were no problem. The inner cities is, is basically where the concentration of black people might be. So, you know, uh, that didn't touch a lot of middle class, upper class, rich white folk. It did not touch them at all. And so my contention is they want to sell guns. We already have more guns than people in the country. So I don't know where this thing is going to go or where it's going to end up. Uh, but I, I contend that where they want it to go is to civil war because war makes money 
Dr. Hayes, you have solved the mystery. And the mystery is, historically, um, that has been the boost to the economy across the board. If we look at, um, I mean, that's just what it is. And um, it's painful to see or to hear. And and there is no... um, what is it, selective service or draft that takes place now? But if we can implode and have this this nuclear option internally, as, as uh, one of my former members who worked in nuclear engineering, he said the power of a nuclear uh, bomb is that it starts, probably the reason why it's called nuclear, because it's in the inside. And if you could get that little inside triggered, then the the tentacles go way out. And so here we are internalizing our um, warring madness. And and if we could get, because we don't really have, nobody is going to play around with this nation because we have so much artillery. But, But we can get on the inside where we're supposed to be united and allow that thing to just, slowly, slowly spread out. It's insidious. That's what it is. Interesting. Go ahead. And you've drawn you've drawn the picture of what happens with these assault rifles. They talked about the way that the bullet explodes on the inside of it. It comes in in a small place, but it comes out in an expansive just obliteration of flesh. Now, why we would need something that powerful on the streets of America is beyond me and a whole lot of other people on both sides of the spectrum. Uh, The average American doesn't understand what's going on. And by the time they understand it, it will already be... uh, instituted, carried out. It's a sad day. Mm -hmm. And the only weapon we have is to just tell the truth, to expose the details, and to get to the heart of the matter, which is always how to make some more money. And that that brings me to this, um, where we are in this particular season, and our faith tradition, as we symbolically do this triumphant entry with the procession of the palms. And and we know Good Friday is inevitable in the story, Um, but the brutality that this innocent person, as the Old Testament prophet Isaiah described, would not even hurt a fly, bruise a reef, but yet, yet, he was wounded and chastised and bruised and flogged and stretched out on a cross because crucifixion was the common execution style for the Roman Empire, nailed to a cross. Um, and then we, we superimposed that. I mean, that's, that's a historical fact. That legitimately did happen. 
and and some folks are are curious about well well what did the resurrection happen? All I know is right now in twenty twenty three he ain't no Jesus ain't in no grave. He dust and that dust is flowing all over the place. So you know we can we can have arguments framed, but what I do know is that his humanity was real. He felt that pain. He he felt every bit of it, and the essence of his divinity was that as he was there hoisted on that cross, he uttered these words: "Forgive them, because they don't know what they're doing." And if that wasn't a divine action in the midst of human suffering, I don't know um, how powerful that is. And we see this over and over in these tragedies that keep hitting, that those who are in their grievous pain are crying out, the only way I can make it through is somehow muster up a belief in something. And if I don't offer forgiveness, it's more about the forgiver than a forgiven. Because I got to let this go or else I will hurt somebody. Because hurt people hurt people. I'm going to be the one. But I got to get my heart in such a way that I can't carry what some of these other people are carrying with these damn guns and their their vitriol and their hate. It's like how if something doesn't happen to the hearts of humankind, Lord help us all. I contend that that most of us are led people. And so the onus of all this falls upon leaders, the leaders of our country, the leaders of our churches, our law enforcement uh, personnel, our politicians. These are the people who lead the masses. And the future and the safety and the growth of the masses rests upon its leadership. It's always been that way. And uh, you can talk about a democracy. You can talk about um, representation. But the issue becomes, is the person who represents us leading on our behalf or are they leading uh, for personal aggrandizement or personal profit? And that's that's all that the general masses have control over, who you send. And then you might send a good person. But once they get there, they're corrupted because everybody else is corrupt. It's it's a hard thing. And, I, you know, um, that's not intended to scare anybody. It's just a reality check. Now, we have to we have to do two things. We have to pick our leaders well, and then we have to walk in a way that we know is right. So you can't expect your leaders to do the right thing if you're, you know, if you're not committed to doing what is right. And so it takes 
all of that and more to make the world the better place that it can be. And they do crucify <laughs> the righteous. <laughs> they do it every day. They do it every day. But that doesn't mean we shouldn't keep up the good fight. Because if we stop fighting, everything's going to hell in a handbasket. And you can just forget it all. Well, on another beautiful note, Dr. Hayes, because that was a whole lot to take into. There was, this is the power of um, what I always say, sentient beings and the arrogance of humanity to think that humans are the only ones who who live and breathe and, and um, have uh, opportunities to speak. And so I, I found this interesting, uh, Dr. Hayes, the, um, the sounds of plants. You know, uh, there was a psalm, I think it's Psalm 19, that tells us that, that the heavens are foretelling. Well, there was research that came out. I want to share this little clip because these are clips from, uh, this is a story. Uh, Stress plants cry and some animals can probably hear it. And, and, and I shared this with one of my colleagues, clergy colleagues, and he says, you know, plants don't need us. We need plants. They don't need us to live. They, 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 we need them to live. And I say, yeah, this is true. So I found this pretty interesting. These are the, these are, these are plant sounds that have been processed that, that humans might not be able to hear. And I am of the mindset that every sentient being praises God. We just can't hear it. Every time a tree goes down in the forest, the other trees have funerals. Really, because they try to huddle together. It's amazing nature. My dad used to talk about this stuff all the time. You know that he sees God walking in the garden, and 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 how we sh- we should give back. And every time we, uh, I, I I believe that that nature has more voting rights than humans, and we see this in the level of destruction. If we're not careful, nature will, because you know the heavens are foretelling. Uh, if we're not careful, the corrective order of life will take place but i want i want to i want to share this a little bit listen to this that's a tobacco plant talking how about that that's a tobacco plant talking yeah they're saying a whole lot Sounds like popcorn, doesn't it? Interesting. What is nature saying to us? That humans... It's like a Morse code. Right. That heartbeat is saying, come on, nature. Thorns and thistles. We, we got work to do. Because we have... Humans have not been good stewards, caretakers, caregivers. My God. Here we go. So the hope is when it seems as if we are at the nth degree of humanity, 
nature brings us back and burst forth. And so as the season is changing and the grass is turning from brown to green and the barren trees are budding and the birds in their 4 o'clock a.m. acapella singing that we don't even need alarm clocks and the squirrels are thinning out from their winter weight and the dogs are having conversations with other dogs in the neighborhoods like the birds are up then we got to be on watch too it's a beautiful thing that brings us back to maybe the walk in the garden alone while the dew is still on the roses and the voice that I hear falling on my ear the son of God discloses and God walks and talks and tells me I am his own. And the joy that we share as we tarry there, none other has ever known. He speaks and the sound of his voice is so sweet. The birds hushed their singing and the melody that he gave to me. Within my heart is ringing and he walks with me and she talks with me and tells me I am. If, if we could realize that we are never alone and that we're in this together and that we don't, uh, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal for the tearing down of strongholds. It's not carnal. It's spiritual. Is this live or is it Memorex? Come on, Dr. Hayes, give us some final words. It is live. And are we yet alive to see each other's face? Glory and honor to Jesus spring for his redeeming grace. Uh, He has redeemed us. And I live in a super consciousness of my own redemption. That I have to hold myself in tension between arrogance and and degradation. I have to hold myself in that forgiven place that helps me to know that my salvation will produce the salvation of others. And as I continue to bear witness to this reality, others will become more confident and more humble as we negotiate our way through the paths of life. And as we say to the other what Jesus said, to those surrounding him on that day. God forgive them. They really don't know what they're doing. And that's what we have to know. Most people around us don't know what they're doing. They don't know the deeper ramifications of their actions and their words. It's just like the coach on the basketball team said, "We, I have friends. <laughs> who have heard you say what you say 
And so we have to walk through life knowing that we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. Not only who are watching us, but who are listening to us and who are praying for us that we would find the right path. And that's what we have to do for each other. So we won't lose heart, Dr. Cooper. But we continue to have faith. Amen. Thank you, Dr. Hayes. It has been a privilege, a pleasure, and an honor to have you join in with us today. Remember that everything will be all right until we meet again. Stay safe and well.